The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, Stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God, and he has seen the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Good morning, everybody. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, before we dive into these amazing readings, just a, a word of, of welcome. We have a baptism today. As you can see, the, the Easter candle is out, and we did the first uh, parts of the baptism. That's why when you walked in earlier, you saw a crowd up front. And so again, welcome to the family. They're all from out, out of, many of them from out of state, so I had to apologize on behalf of Northern California, huh? all the smoke. It's... It's, uh, it's hard for us, which is related to, as many of you know, um, our Holy Family Parish is an evacuation site with the Red Cross. And so, uh, in fact, many of you already heard of it. Because uh, what we need now, because many people have been calling and asking, what could we do for them? And uh, there's a list in front of the church there. One of the two immediate needs that we, we need help with, and please spread the word, is that we need to provide dinners for the evacuees and the staff of the Red Cross. And there's a list there of dates which are available. Many families are taking dates to cook dinner for the evacuees. And so if you do, uh, uh, please sign up again to provide meals for those families there. And there's a list and instructions what will happen. So you sign up for a day, someone will call you from the Red Cross and say, okay, we have 20 evacuees there. Could you prepare 20 meals for them? And so you just bring the food, cook it at your home. You can warm it up in the hall, and the Red Cross will serve them. So that's an immediate need right there, to sign up for, for a, a dinner to provide for the evacuees. So if you can do that, please, we des desperately need of that. And then secondly, we need places to house evacuees or 
house evacuees that, are, that have pets. Because unfortunately, we have to turn away people here who have pets. And if you're evacuating from your house, you're not going to separate from your pets. Absolutely not. And so, unfortunately, because we can't have pets here, we have to send them out elsewhere. So if you, you, if you yourself or know anybody that's willing to house evacuees and you don't mind a dog, uh, so please uh, let us know because we desperately need that because these poor people, we have nowhere to turn them. If they come with pets, uh, the Red Cross is not equipped to take animals. So if, you're, if you know anybody or are willing to house a family, we already have a couple parishioners housing families with pets. So that's two immediate needs right there. Dinners and then places to house evacuees. And that would be huge relief for us because we were constantly scrambling and we feel horrible when people come with their animals. We got to say, sorry, you have to go somewhere else. And it's, it's already adding on top of another layer of, of difficulty. So if you're willing to do that, thank you and praise the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been a crazy year and a half, hasn't it, for our community? It's been a crazy year and a half. I mean, last year's, as we know, this is a a rerun, basically, for those who are from out of state. This is a rerun again. We did this again last year with with fires all around us. And again, this latest fire is even more devastating than last year. And it was the same thing. Evacuees coming, fires devastating our towns. And then remember COVID again. We had last year, and then COVID reeling its ugly head again threats of shutdown, social unrest, this, this division in our communities. It's, it's just unrelenting. I don't know about you, but just, it's just suffocating all the time. It's like, oh, Lord, what next? And as the evacuees were coming in, we were, we were checking in with them and hearing the firsthand accounts of what these evacuees are going through. We had one gal come in. She was from, originally from Paradise. Remember that fire? Burns out of Paradise. And she moved up to Greenville. It happened again. And she was one of these families that had an, an animal. So as she, as she came, she was, I kid you not, she's hyperventilating. Trying to, trying to share what's happening to her. Hand was shaking. Huh? And of course, we said, oh, we can't have you with your pet. You have to separate from them. Of course, she's going to say, what are you talking about? And amazingly, the Sheridans, Dan and Sarah Sheridan, Sarah Sheridan, she's the principal of the high school here. She welcomed them. Now she's staying with them in Clio. We checked in how she's doing. She's doing, she's doing all right. She's, good. she's with a good family. She says she just stays in her room all day, though, because she's just trying to process. Can you imagine being your house burning down twice? Another gentleman came, comes in. He said that he's from Greenville. He said it took eight minutes for the fire to burn through downtown Greenville. That's a mile. It's about a mile. He said they, they, they barely had a chance to get out. The fire just came in, eight minutes, came through downtown Greenville. Then he shows up here. These are the kind of stories that we're hearing for those people downstairs in that hall. And it makes you wonder, how much can we take? We all have our breaking point, don't we? And that's why the powerful story of Elijah, I think, 
bodes well, especially in our time. So Elijah now, who cries out to God, the first reading today, he says, Lord, this is enough. And what Elijah here was talking about, imagine this. So I was just speaking about a fire. But what happened with Elijah is that, so Elijah is around, happened around 900 BC. So 900 years before Christ. So what happened was that the northern kingdom had abandoned the law of Moses. So remember, Moses is around 1300 BC. So Moses on Mount Sinai is given the Ten Commandments. God lays out how to live and to come back to him. Gives them that special covenant. And then within a few hundred years, the Israelite community abandons the way of the Lord. And so Elijah is sent to preach to the northern kingdom, to bring them back to God. Because again, my, my, my regular parishioners, why do we abandon the Lord and his covenant and his laws? Because remember, we are created for God. We are created for God. We are hardwired for him. But then original sin enters into the world, and then all of a sudden we kick God off his pedestal and we replace it with what? I only repeat this every week for the next 10 years, I think. So. <laughs> We replace God with the endless, disordered pursuit of money, power, honor, pleasure. It's the same thing. The four classical substitutes of God. If God is not in our hearts, one of those four or a mix of those four takes its place. Money, power, pleasure, honor. And so the Israelite community in the year 900 have abandoned the Lord because one of those four things. Elijah is sent to them. He does battle on Mount Carmel. In that pivotal moment where it's Elijah by himself, the only faithful one, against 500 prophets, false prophets of Baal. See, well, what happened was that the Israelite community started worshiping the gods of the Canaanites, one of the neighboring tribes. And so they started behaving like them. And so Elijah sent to them to turn them back from the worship of Baal. And so they battled. Imagine that. 500 false prophets versus the one prophet of God. Who wins? Of course, Elijah. And for his trouble, the corrupt queen Jezebel goes after him. And that's why we have that saying, if ever anybody calls you a, a Jezebel, that's not a compliment, by the way. So make sure nobody calls you Jezebel. Because Jezebel was a, was a corrupted queen, horrific, ruthless. And so she goes hunting for Elijah. So imagine now, you just face off with 500 false prophets, following the Lord's commandments to, 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 to battle with them, to defeat them. And for his trouble now, the queen of the northern kingdom is after him, hunting him all by himself, trying to stay faithful to the Lord. And this is where now we encounter Elijah. And he says, Lord, this is enough. I'd rather die. I'm so tired. I'm tired, Lord. And he sits down under that tree and he waits to die. You ever have that breaking point in your life? Has there ever been a moment in your life where you're just so overwhelmed? You just, 
wish it would end. That's Elijah. And then notice what happens next. Miraculously, as he opens his eyes, there's cake. Uh, birthday cake, maybe. I don't know. Cake saves the day, doesn't it? Miraculous cake, though. It says that there was a hearth cake, bread, and a jug of water. Miraculously appeared, given to Elijah from an angel. And he got up, ate, and drank. Then notice what happened next. Here is this defeated man, utterly broken. And then all of a sudden, he eats this miraculous bread from heaven. Strengthened by that food. And then the following detail, and which every Jew immediately would have recognized. He walked for 40 days, 40 nights, on the mountain of God, Horeb, which is another name for Sinai. Brothers and sisters, when was the last time you heard something about the number 40 and Mount Sinai? Immediately, every good, pious Jew would have, would have said, Ah, I remember the, the number 40. I remember Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments, Moses, which happened 500 years prior. And so what happened with that time period? As the Jewish people now are coming out of Egypt, God is leading them to the Promised Land, all the way to modern-day Israel. As they're journeying 40 long years all the way to modern-day Israel, they began to complain. Because they said, this journey is too hard. We want to give up. Because could you imagine camping for 40 years? That's essentially what they're doing. They're camping for 40 years in the desert. Try camping one week up at the lakes basin. It's hard. Right? And so they're camping for 40 long years and said, we just want to give up. We want to go back. I'd rather go back to Egypt. I'd rather be a slave. And what does God, God give them? Miraculous bread. Do you see the two parallels? Moses, the Jewish people, 40 years, Mount Sinai. Elijah, 40 days, 40 nights. Miraculous bread, Mount Sinai. The Jews immediately would have saw the connection. God strengthens us with miraculous bread. Now enter Jesus. Jesus now will say that I am the bread of life. It says the bread that was fed to Elijah, the, the bread that was fed to the Jewish people through Moses. It says all of that now it's pointing to me because now instead of just simple miraculous plain bread, I will give you myself to eat on the journey. And amazingly, this journey now that every single human being that is, that is on this journey, we're not headed to a simple place now. We're going to heaven. That's our ultimate home. And to get to that journey, to, get, to finish that journey, oh, we need miraculous food. Why does God even care about us. The Jewish people turned away from God with Moses. God, still unrelenting, pursued them. Why not just leave them by themselves? All right, you want to go back to Egypt? All right, go. Why didn't he just let them go back to Egypt? 
or rather with Elijah. If, if the Israelites want to worship Baal and follow the Canaanites, why not? All right, go ahead then. But he doesn't, does he? He sends Elijah. Jesus now, as we know the story well, because next weekend you'll hear how the Jewish people respond when Jesus teaches about the Holy Eucharist. They will all turn away. God knows this already. They will reject the very gift of me. And despite knowing that, why does God continue to give of himself? You know the answer? The answer is with Ellie, whom we're about to baptize. Christina, Kyle, is this your first baby? Third baby. Beautiful. Praise the Lord. Who was the name of your first baby? Chase. Jason? Chase. Chase. When you had Chase, did anything prepare you for the love that you would have for him? The amount of love that you would feel for him? I bet you Chase changed your life, didn't he? Sure did. And then you had Chase, and then who was the second baby? Luke. Luke. And now Ellie. Amazingly, what's beautiful about that, did you take that same love now and that you had for Chase, that same love as Luke and then how Ellie is born, did you just split up that same love, the three different pieces, and give it to each child? No. Because what happened, I guarantee you, this happens to every single one of us. Our hearts expand, doesn't it? Our hearts expand in love. That's the beauty of love. Love multiplies itself. Love expands. And each child, God willing, if God in his providence will give you more, then your heart will get even bigger and bigger and bigger. And part of the essence of love is revealed in the second reading today. St. Paul writing now to the Ephesians. He says to you and me and says to you specifically as your family, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love. For Christ loved us, and here's a secret to life, by the way. Christ loved us and handed himself over for us as a sacrificial offering. There is no such thing as love without sacrifice. No such thing. To love is to sacrifice. To love is to lay down your life for your beloved. No matter what they do. You see, love, again, love is not an emotion. Love is an act of the will. I choose your higher good. Not because there's any self-interest. Because of my own benefit or my own profit. But rather, I love you because it is your highest good. That's the essence of a Christian love. And when Jesus says, love one another, remember that word that he uses? Our Lord could have used four words for love. There's four different words in the Greek language which our Lord could have chosen for love. Jesus chooses, and for the first time in human history, he uses this new word. He introduces a new concept into the human, con into the human consciousness. Agape. Which is a self-sacrificial love. So whenever Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, 
They will know you by how you love one another. Beloved children, live in love. That word there is sacrifice yourself in love for the other. Because why? Because our highest good is heaven. And so no matter how much we turn away from God, whether it's Moses and the Israelite people in the 40 long years in the desert, God will still pursue them, even when they reject him. Elijah now, do you see why Elijah was relentless? Why God sent Elijah to turn them back as they worship the false gods? Because God knows it is better for us to live in him. And no matter how much I sin, by the way, no matter how much I sin, I, this evening I can go to Reno and rob a bank, right? And if I'm sorry, the Lord will always forgive me. Why? Because of love. And Jesus will give of himself in the Holy Eucharist. Because he knows nothing else in this world will satisfy us. No matter how much money, power, pleasure, or honor. None of that will satisfy the human heart. Because we're not created for those things. We're created for Jesus Christ. And he says here, and I'll end here, because Ellie is getting restless. She's going to start crying in a second. You won't be the first one to cry after a homily, Ellie. <laughs> Jesus says, now notice this. this. Again, this is the secret of everything of the human heart. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Jesus Christ is the answer to the human heart. And that's why we are here. Because we're about to baptize Ellie. And she will join Luke and Chase and family. Because the moment she's baptized, that water falls over her head. She will be incorporated to the body of Christ. And her journey to heaven will begin. Praise the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.